0: Happy Holidays everyone, it's the holiday season and welcome to the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. Where all month I'll be unwrapping holiday themed comics and cool things you might want to find under the Christmas tree. I cover comic books from the golden age to now, indie creators, Kickstarter campaigns, and in fact, each episode, you never know what I might cover. So stick around and find a new way to read and discover comic books. It's Thursday, December 22nd, 2022, and this is episode 89 of the podcast. Today I'm back, Michael Katz, for another Christmas episode. Michael's been on the show several times in the past, talking about his Riot Erp Kickstarter comic book. I love the comic. I can't wait to see what he does for 2023. Earlier in the year, right around eh, probably October He brought on Keith Champagne, Daryl Banks, and Ron Marsh to talk about Riot Earp. It was a blast having all four of them guys on the show. Please look at the show notes. It was a really cool interview, kind of different for me, and I liked what I put out there, and I was hoping and succeeded in getting some really cool answers out of my guests. It's one of my prouder episodes. Check it out. Michael also has, and I wish I would have talked more about it, a fantastic kid story called The Christmas Bat. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Look at the show notes. It's available all over the place. Pick it up. One more episode coming up soon. One more Christmas episode. I hope you like what's been going on with these podcast episodes this month of December. Also, in the show notes, you'll find a link tree on the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. Please look at the podcast show notes, follow us on social media, and subscribe to the podcast. I want this podcast to continue to grow and, as I've said, introduce fans to a different way of covering and reading comic books. I hope you all are going to have a fantastic holiday. Now, on to today's show. Welcome back to the podcast. This time around, we have Michael Katz, and he's here to talk about Christmas comic books. Michael was on several times in the past. He's talked about his Kickstarter campaigns for Riot Earp. Michael, tell the new listeners a little bit about Riot Earp and what it's all about.
1: Uh, it's a sci-fi book with uh, quite a bit of humor and action um, and some, you know, racy adult situations and uh, a touch of uh, of politics that um seems to be more credible as as time goes on uh takes place in a a fractured united states of america
0: now i've had you i think this is your fourth time on the podcast and the last time i had you on you brought some well other people on to the podcast you had Uh, Ron Mars, Keith Champagne and Daryl Banks and again I'm mentioning that because I'm grateful that you had all three of them guys on there for the podcast the last time around there'll be a link to that episode even though the can people get your Kickstarter books still as can they order them <sighs> like past issues or how does that work with you right now
1: yeah um they can get them through a backer kit has a store okay I'm uh, um, not to uh, to up on on the store. I have to uh, to update it. Um, the The third book, uh, the special with the uh, with you know Mars and Banks and Champagne, is at the printer right now. Uh, you know, mid or you know first week of December. So that'll be done uh, shortly, and uh, hopefully by mid December, that'll also be available on the backer kit store.
0: And there'll be a link to the podcast ep- or that. There'll be a link in the show notes to that, um, mm-hmm. your thing. But no, I there'll be also be a link to the last episode. It was really fun having all them guys on there talking about Riot Earp. It made for a good, fun podcast interview back then. It was like two months ago or something. Right. So when I approached you, you have a comic book that you were going to talk about in it. But you actually also put out a children's book called Bury the Christmas Bat. And I saw that cute little cover, and there's this cute little bat who looks all sad in the hands of Santa. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So Michael, the man of many talents, who'd done many things in their lives, he's all done so much stuff, Michael has. What possessed you to do a children's book around a bat of all things? Uh the
1: the idea just popped into my head uh, a few years ago as as most good ideas do. Um, Yeah. It just uh, springs full form from your, your mind. Um, I, uh, even though I'm Jewish, I've always liked Christmas. Uh, My, my first memories of Christmas are, uh, you know, my, I think I was like five and we had neighbors across the street, a family that was from Germany and they used to invite us over to spend christmas eve with them every year and 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 that was before you know it was even before i knew the uh <laughs> the 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 conflicts of let's say conflicts of germans and and jews at the time really
0: yeah okay yeah
1: um but uh yeah they were great people the uh the, you know there was a couple and their son who was my best friend at the time uh, and uh, it was just um it was just a a really nice time, and and ever since I liked the holiday season, uh, I'm I've been married twice. Both times, uh, women have not been Jewish, uh, so uh, I've always celebrated Christmas with my kids. And even before uh, I celebrated, well, I didn't celebrate per se, but you know, my family always decorated for Christmas, and you know, including having. Our own little Hanukkah bush growing up.
0: Oh, that's cool. That is actually very, very cool. Mm. So you have an artist that I've never heard of, Madison. Koki. Koki. Yeah. So how did you get this artist? Mm -hmm. How did this all come about to make this bat Christmas story? Uh,
1: Madison is actually my wife's niece. Uh, She's an amazingly talented artist. Uh, She has been for years. And she went to the, uh, I think, the uh, University of of New Hampshire. I hope I didn't get that wrong. Um, but uh, I approached her a couple years ago <clears throat> with the, uh, you know, with the thought that, uh, you know, she might be, you know, able to to make something out of the book. And uh, she did. I think she did a great job. She actually uh, turned it into her senior thesis. How old is she? Uh, she, I believe, is 22. Oh, wow. So she she just graduated you know, back in June of this year. So does she plan to make
0: a career doing some of this stuff?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know how many, um, how many books she's going to illustrate. I don't know if she has her career path set yet, but I'd also like to get her into a uh, Some comic book illustrations, you know, do some covers, too, because I think, you know, she's got this uh, photorealism ability
0: that, uh, you know, would play well. Gotcha. So how's the how many pages is this book, by the way? And what's the best way to get this book?
1: Uh, It's uh, it's 32 pages and you can get it on Amazon dot com. It's a hardcover paperback or
0: ebook okay so how did you come up with the name for the bat was there any kind of reasoning behind the bat, bat or you just thought the bat sounded good for the name
1: well i, I wanted something jewish sounding because the bat is jewish <laughs> you know it's it's um it's <laughs> subtextual uh you know it, it doesn't come out and hit you in the face when you read the book but i wanted it to to be about a, a, a bat that helps Santa on his, you know, yearly trip when the uh, the fog is too much for even Rudolph's nose to light the way. So he comes up. He comes across this this you know unusual, you know, even scary appearing at first creature, who, uh, as I said, is is Jewish, but like me, you know, likes the. The Christmas season as well and wants to help Santa do what he needs to do
0: do you know did you know that Barry the Christmas Bad is part of the Kindle Unlimited plan right now I did not it is
1: um, okay cool
0: I don't yeah so anybody has Kindle Unlimited can actually uh read the book because I just went and did the uh the search on Amazon and it popped mm. up so I'm actually reading it uh in my tablet as I'm talking to you. Wow, you're right, her art is freaking amazing. Oh my gosh, mm. I cannot believe how incredible her art is. Is this your first children's book that you wrote?
1: Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's not easy to come up with ideas for children's books, believe me, but uh, uh, I, I hope that there's a sequel to Barry, uh, you know, sometime down the line.
0: That would be cool because the art and everything with this, this is a really fantastic, you should be very proud of this book, Michael.
1: Yeah, I am. I am. But thank you.
0: And kudos to her. Had had I known that this is just so awesome, I would have try to get her on the podcast to talk about it. <laughs> but Michael and I, we, we we kind of like put this together, kind of like at the last minute anyways. I'm trying to get all these people on for the podcast. And Michael, you have the distinction. Of, oh, before we go on to this comic books. Is there anything else you want to talk about concerning Barry the Christmas Bat or Riot Earp or any of the other projects you've got going on?
1: Uh, not really. Uh, just uh, you know, stay tuned. You know, If you follow my social media, my next project is going to be uh, a superhero book released in February and that's the one called Golden Years uh, starring art by Kevin Maguire. Uh Who's a uh, you know a DC Comics icon, then uh, Jack Herbert, who also works for DC Comics, and Neto Diaz, who uh, has recently been doing a, quite a bit of work for Marvel, including some of the uh, the X Men books and uh, Thunderbolts.
0: As in the past, I always look forward to your future projects. You always got something good cooking <clears throat> under the fire there. So I'm. <laughs> Michael's going to be back on the podcast again for his next Kickstarter Kickstarter anyway. So that'd be awesome to have you back on there. So you also, Michael, have the distinction of not choosing just one, but two comic books. Now you're the only one who got two comic books out of me. So <laughs> we're going to talk about Uncanny X-Men 143, which has it was actually an iconic cover. It's the kitty pride fighting the alien wannabe creature on the cover and is is kitty is she jewish
1: is kitty yeah, yes yes
0: i uh, thought she was, is i thought she was jewish at one time i couldn't remember that and this is an interesting um uh, comic book because this came on the heels of the two-part days of future past mm-hmm. which is another you know iconic storyline and this is john burns last run of x-men with claremont mm-hmm. so michael why did you choose this book besides Kitty being the Jewish superhero that she is?
1: Uh, it's a it's a great story. Um it, it's one that that sticks with you over the years. You know it, it's it, it's kind of like like die hard in that you know some people may disagree that it's a Christmas <laughs> right. a story, but it, it is because of the setting. It takes place on Christmas Eve where Kitty is is left alone. Uh, at night, and this this alien demon hybrid creature uh, it just crashes into the the, the X Men's mansion, and uh, and it's a cool story of of her uh, being this this rookie hero uh, fighting for her
0: life. you you, you know you, that's right. You know because it it's, you're right. It's kind of like science fiction, kind of a horror, kind of kind of a superhero team, but kind of home alone esque because she's all by herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, this is the issue that where Kitty actually started to click for me. I really got into the character. I liked how she was. I even liked that retro X-Men costume that she used to wear. You know, mm. the, you know the, the, uh, the, the yellow and black one looked like an old X-Men from the 60s costume. And I also liked her name, codename Sprite at the time. I always thought that was a cool name because I added a bunch of youth to the series, it was kind of dark and grim for a while, between Days of Future Past and Jean Grey dying, and Dark Phoenix Saga, and all that. That's kind of you know, you know, it's kind of like a new chapter of the X. This is the first teenage X Men in a long time to join, and it's a really great character. Uh, did you like? Were you a big fan of John Byrne's art over the years?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, I was huge into Byrne. Um, I mean, growing up, I was more into DC than Marvel, but when Burn and, and Claremont came along uh, on X Men and also Byrne's stuff on Avengers, uh, yes. yeah, that was just you know top shelf. It was awesome. Yeah.
0: Byrne is at the top of his game here. It's very very solid. You see a creative team like Claremont and Byrne click so well. I know there was friction over the years, <clears> but <throat> it was such a such <throat> a great team. It's like they kind of played off each other, you know, Claremont decided to be better writer, you know, you can see Byrne do better pencils over the course of the series, mm-hmm. but modern, you know, it's a done-in-one book, but modern readers will be caught off guard because there's a lot of self opera plot points that continue in it, right. and like you know, that's what I don't like about the trades now, which kind of ruins some of the magic for me, is that a lot of books are done in five or six issues, so they can put it out in the trade paperback. You don't get these a lot of times you, you know, you don't get these long story plot points that last for years and years and builds upon something. You don't have that as much today as you did back during the Bronze Age. And this is a book that also had a lot of captions and dialogue and word balloons. I was reading it again. And I'm going, wow, this is a long, dense read, but it doesn't feel like a dense read, does it?
1: Yeah, not just word balloons, but thought balloons. Yeah, oh, I'm which, sorry, yes, I'm which have gone out of style. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, um, and, I, and,
1: I love using thought balloons when I write.
0: I wish they did more thought balloons. I thought they were a very cool, um, and you know, addition to comic books. And it's a it's a long read, but it doesn't feel long. And with all the the words and the captions and Burns art, it doesn't make it feel cluttery. does he? It kind well, of it's, also,
1: it's a breakneck pace because
0: it. it just goes really, really cool. And I also noticed um, sh- for a short time, Angel had actually rejoined the X Men for a, you know a brief, mm. you know, run during this thing. So it is again X Men one forty three from nineteen. I think it was nineteen eighty eighty one. I can't remember. It's by Claremont and Byrne. It's one of their best. It's one of their best stories. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's a, it's a crowd pleaser.
0: You also chose. Now, before I go to the next one, I'm sorry, Michael, didn't mean to, do you have any comments on that comic book itself? Heaven forbid I should interrupt you with your train of <laughs> Oh, on. no, it's no. I, I mean, I, I, you know,
1: I, I always thought it was cool that uh, Claremont did a, a, a Christmas special issue with a, a Jewish lead character, um, you know, so you know it, it hits close to home for me, but it's uh, because of the Christmas setting. It's something that I always think of right away when when someone says, uh, "You know, what are some good you know Christmas themed superhero stories?" Because I've I've read them all,
0: and this one stands out. This is a great one. Whether you're especially if you're a new fan who's never read something like this, and you're not really familiar with the Claire Vermont. Claremont burn run of X Men because a lot of people are. I mean, that's geez, that's like mm-hmm. almost forty forty plus years ago. This actually makes a great introduction to their comic stories, don't you think? Possibly. Yeah,
1: yeah, and definitely to the to the the Sprite slash Ariel slash Shadow Cat
0: to whatever slash whatever
1: did. else character. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, initially, you picked a comic book from DC, which came out in. Actually, it says 1980, but it actually came out in December of 1979. It was one of DC's specials. It was, uh, DC had an umbrella title called DC Special Series, which was a bunch of one-shots that lasted from 77 to about 81. And this one is their Superstar Holiday Special from 1980. Before we talk about it... Um, it's got a great run of stories in there. You got Jonah Hex in there. You got mm. Sergeant Rock in there. You know, you got Batman, and then we'll talk about in a minute, but I, I give DC kudos at the time for including these second-string characters into a Christmas special. You know, because Westerns and war weren't quite as popular, you know, by the end of the 70s, and yet you had these things. You could have had a Wonder Woman or a Superman or anything, but they threw that in there. I thought that was kind of kind of cool. But you chose a particular story which is by Paul Levitz, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez with Gordano doing inks. And the, the title is actually kind of very cool. It's called Starlight, Starbright, Farthest Star I See Tonight. Why did you choose this one? I know, but fans don't know.
1: Right. Well, again, um this one stuck in my memory for a long time because of a single panel in the book where it said that Colossal Boy was Jewish. <laughs> and and that to me, if I recall correctly, was the, the first time I I knew that there was a Jewish superhero in either
0: of of the two companies. And I believe that you're right, this is the first Jewish, you know, superhero. And I'm like, oh wow, I didn't realize that. And it's not a very long book. It's not a long story. It's a good right. story. It has Superboy, Manel, Phantom Girl, all these other characters. And they're in their classic Bronze Age costumes. You know, mm-hmm. I like, this is my Legion. All of them reboots and everything that they have. This is my, my Legion. Same. Have, same thing same. with you. Every time they yeah. reboot it, uh, it's like, it's not the same. And this, you know, this is by Paul Lovitz. And I didn't realize this, but this is between his two runs of Legion. He had stopped, he had written Legion a few years before that, and he was going to come back to Legion. Paul Lovitz is probably one of the the Legion writers, right? With Jim Shooter and probably Keith Giffen. Mm. I think Paul Lovitz actually made more changes to the Legion of Superheroes than even Jim Shooter did. Would you agree with that assessment, possibly? Um,
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, and yeah, it was, it's definitely, you know, my favorite era of, of the Legion. Uh, yeah, I was a huge fan of the Legion, you know, back in the seventies and early eighties. And I remember, you know, they, they had all the coolest costumes, all the coolest characters. They had this, this giant oversized, uh, issue, special issue where, um, uh, was it a, a lightning lad and Saturn girl got yes. married. Yes. And and I used to reread that sucker over and over. And that, you know, that I, was I a, love those. I love those oversized books.
0: That was a big deal because, uh, the Legion of superheroes, unlike a lot of other groups, you know, even the fantastic four, they actually aged them over the years. Mm-hmm. They went from teenagers to adults. And even if you took it after Saturn girl and lightning lad get married, more characters get married. They have children. So there's actually and you know, there's actually growth in the character that doesn't really stagnate. And it's mm-hmm. funny because yeah, people talk about all oh, the legions a hard book to get into because of all the characters. Man, I was 10 years old reading them giant-sized 30-page Legion of Superheroes, a whole mm-hmm. roster of Legion. I never got lost in a Legion of Superheroes or the characters or nothing. That no, was me like, neither. That was always the best. And it's only, let me see here. It's only like 12 pages, 12 Mm -hmm. pages in
1: there. Right.
0: And Jose Garcia Lopez. He's a great artist. He was just getting into his, his really great stuff right around here. I thought he did some really good DC stuff over the years. Um, yes. Yeah. It's all the classic, you know, wildfires in here and his, his, his wonky little, um, outfit and fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, where else where, where was I looking at the soda? Karate Kid, Princess Projector, Sun Boy. and Karate Kid had that that really weird costume with the big yellow lapels that like mm-hmm. you know went out there. Yeah, but, but I this this whole issue, especially Legion, is a great issue. And you're right with the one little panel. It's like, oh wow, colossal boy is is Jewish, and mm-hmm. I don't think they ever really referred to that. But I give Levitts kudos for actually you know making that point. Hmm. Michael, I have just dominated the conversation for a few minutes. What else do you have to say about the comic book? Anything? Um, well, I mean, as you mentioned
1: earlier, this was one of the, uh, the the dollar books that DC put out. And I used to love buying them. I mean, I remember uh, Batman Family and Detective Comics and World's Finest and Superman Family. And
0: you know what came out the same month as this? The best Superman Family story that I thought they ever put out was Superman Family 200. Okay, where it's actually Clark and Lois have actually gotten married. It's like 20 years in the future. So okay. they have a daughter. They have Superwoman. All these other characters that you know, how what would have happened like 20 years after? It made such a great read, and I'm, DC does not have that archived in any of its apps. But back then, when I started reading comic kind of books, and you comic books were about basically 17 page stories and the dollar comics, depending on what you're talking like 80 pages of new stories for a buck. That was, you know, to me, that was like, wow, that's like a lot of money for a kid Mm -hmm. that was like 10 years old at the time. And I did. I also got into a lot of the dollar comics. They were my, one of my favorite formats during the bronze age, Michael, I've taken up enough of your time. Mm -hmm. Any closing comments before we end this?
1: Uh, not really. I um, I, I think uh, both Marvel and DC have put out quite a few uh, Christmas books over the years, but I think DC has done it the most and has done it the best.
0: You know, right. You're absolutely right about that, because I was looking at the DC anthologies and they just they seem more classic and timeless mm. than the stuff that Marvel put out. Marvel just seems to put a lot more commercialized stuff out that we don't really have a lot of heart. Or DC has more heart in the Christmas stories. Michael Katz, creator of Riot Earp. And the book, what's the name of your new book? I don't have my notes here. Your new book is... Bury the Bury Christmas fat. Like <laughs> I said, go to Amazon. It's a very cool book. I read it while we were doing this taping. The illustrations are cool. Michael, have a good happy Hanukkah. I remember that. Okay, Christmas <laughs> with all your family and whatever else Jewish stuff, thanks, things you got thanks, going. Thanks, you too. And I will have you again when you do your next uh, Kickstarter. Thanks again, Michael. Happy All holidays. right, thank
1: you. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to today's show and I hope you stick around for a future episodes. If you like this podcast, please spread the word. Recommend to other comic fans. Again, I've added a link to to the show notes. Along you easy access to find this podcast on all social media and where you can listen to. Please follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I want the podcast to continue to grow and introduce fans to a different way of covering comic books. See you next time.